is. Maybe, if anyone's listening. Um, this is just something we decided to do. Hopefully it'll catch on and people like it. And it's basically, we're going to sit around, play records, and talk about them, and then you can download it on Witch Police. So yeah, I guess... Uh, won't, they, won't they have already downloaded it from Witch Police? Well, they, they, they could, they could be streaming it, right? They could be streaming it. That's right, yeah, there's no, there's no on-air portion of this, yeah. But they could be streaming it up, Witch Police. Okay. Anyway, so we got Sam, Rob, and John here. And we've all been in various bands together. And it's all in which place. Anyway, so I'm going to start. I'm going to play a record, and you guys are going to... I don't know if you've heard it or not. Um, I've been listening to lots of Propagandy lately. Their new album is really good, but their one before that is even better. And I kind of noticed... Um, I was just reading some of the lyrics, because, like, uh, you know, you guys are probably listen, Well, I don't know if you did so much, but... Propagandy? Yeah. No. You, you did. Not no, that no, much. Okay, well, maybe yeah. it was just me. <laughs> I mean, I used to listen to them when I was a teenager, and the records they put out in, like, the 90s and stuff were super, super... I mean, they're obviously a political band, right? Like, they're just... But they're, like, beating over the head with their, their stuff, and it's kind of... A bit uh, much? Yeah, I don't like it now so much, because it's just, like, at the time, I was like, yeah, yeah, you know? But now it's just kind of like, okay, that's really unnecessarily, you know? Like, I get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you got energy signs all over the album cover, like, I understand. But, and, and I've noticed on their, their later records, which are actually better, I think, they have... Um, that's kind of toned down a bit. Like, it's still there, but... It's really, it almost seems like they're spending more time actually writing good songs rather than writing a message and then putting a song to it or something. I don't know. So anyway, um, I noticed when I was reading the lyrics, just comparing the old lyrics to the new lyrics, that on pretty much every album they might have hockey references. Yeah. apparently Chris Hanna hockey, is like yeah. a big hockey fan. I don't know him, but apparently he's a big Leafs fan. And uh, yeah, he actually talks <laughs> about it in one of the songs on the new record. But, but so Is he from Winnipeg? Yeah, he's from Portage, I think. Okay. I don't I don't know I don't know what that means <laughs> in reference to the least but yeah uh, so anyway so I thought that was cool and because you know it's like makes them sound more Canadian right and they have a song on the previous record called Dear Coach's Corner and it's about Don Cherry and it's actually way more political than the stuff they're doing now it's kind of more like the beat you over the head style but I really like it mm-hmm. so I'm gonna play that and then cool alright see what you guys think Last week, by the way. What? Oh, that's what is that going on with you here? No, it's not. What is this stuff on here? We're hockey night in Canada, and we're talking about saving the world and all that stuff. Let's talk hockey. Well, that's the whole idea behind December yeah. the twenty-fifth. Let's talk about some good guys. Okay. Let's talk about the troops.
Okay. What do you guys? I mean, one thing I like about it is uh, I, I always like the song from when I got the record. Is one of my favorites on the album. But I was looking up just live footage of them a while ago on YouTube, and I saw some saw them playing as like in Australia or New Zealand or something, and they're playing this, and the crowd is singing along, and it's just like right. They have no idea what he's talking about. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't think the average punk fan in New Zealand is gonna have any clue who Ron McLean is. You know? Mm, definitely not. Yeah. Does that matter though? Not in New Zealand. Not in Australia, you think? Not in Australia. No. Um, so is that, isn't that weird, though? Like, there's also another line they have in one of their other albums. But it's, it's funny, because it's almost like the song's about indoctrination, right? Yeah. It's like trying to explain to his niece yeah. why Don Cherry is, like, forcing this support of troops down their throats. When they're I supposed guess. to be watching Naki, which is like, yeah. Right. And then you have these people in Australia who don't know who Ron McClane is. But they're singing along everywhere, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. The irony. It's, but yeah, they, they you know they, they could probably stop singing in the video, and the whole crowd is just singing. You know, like mm. it's pretty crazy. It's weird, yeah. But I guess they get it. They have their rugby equivalent to Ron McLean. Yeah, I get it. Probably, <laughs> but I don't know. It's like they have that little line in one of their other songs about you know remember those banners they had on Broadway that we stand united with America things. Mm-hmm. In one of their other albums, they have the line like until the Broadway banners finally fall or something. It's talking about that. Like that's totally a Winnipeg. You know, you're not gonna get it. Like. Yeah. I kind of like that. Like it's, I like when people refer to things that I don't know about. <coughs> not, not, not that I don't know about it, but because it's something that's super local to them, and they don't need to over-explain what it is. It's just like you know, you go into this song expecting they expect you to know who Don Cherry is and what Hockey Night in Canada. I mean, that's not what the song's about exactly, but they want you to get the references so that you get the point they're making. And uh, like I was not like, yeah. you know, Don Cherry is that you have to ten paragraphs of explanation beforehand. I love how like, he just. Does he even mention Don Cherry's name? In the no, song? the sad old man beside you. Yeah, he just he just refers yeah. to Ron McLean because he thinks Ron McLean like would understand. He's like a kinship, right? Because like, well, yeah, 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 it's cool. It's funny because you kind of get that feeling from Ron McLean, like he definitely disagrees with. Yeah. Almost everything. <laughs> and can only say so much though. Yeah. But he, but he understands Don Cherry's very hockey smart. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if it's that he like can only say so much. I think he just kind of like. He's a, in a supporting role. He's a yeah. ref. He's like yeah. the ref. Yeah. 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 But like. No one takes Don Cherry seriously. Like no, I, people, I, I love him, but yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he says ridiculous yeah. things. Like he like cries like pretty yeah. much every third episode. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I don't know. Like if they, I don't think they could replace him though. Like he's he's eight what eighty something right now. Yeah, like? it's well. I was I was saying I was thinking like not too long ago about how it's gonna be really weird when Don Cherry dies. Yeah, it's gonna be strange. Yeah, and people hate him though. So there's so many people who just hate him because like. You go on the any story about him on like you know you read internet comments on new newspaper articles and stuff and it's full of maniacs but like anything about Don Cherry and there's people who just because of his political views like hmm. and like who cares he's an old man let him say what like I don't care you know? it doesn't affect my enjoyment of him as a hockey commentator yeah still hilarious well remember last season there was that whole thing about Bogosian and and the the head trauma yeah and he went on and was like really defending fighting and stuff like yeah. I guess he does have like a lot of controversial views, and a lot of those, a lot of that hockey culture is like influenced by what he says. Like, because you get players being interviewed by Don Cherry all the time who are who are just like, "Oh, I'm glad you appreciate what I do, Don. Like, yeah. I just wanted to make you happy." He's yeah, like, for sure. Kind of the elder statesman of of hockey, but it's also his kind of idea of what hockey is is sort of what our idea of hockey is culturally. Like, I mean. You get a guy from, I mean, not everyone, but a guy from Sweden comes here, typically is not going to be playing the same way a Canadian kid is going to play. Yeah. 
And I don't know, it's not just because Don Cherry, but that kind of, you know, the, like... Mentality. Yeah. Like, we're fighting, I mean, I, I, I like fighting hockey. Yeah. You know, I mean, I understand there's all these arguments against it, but I don't... I don't, I don't necessarily like hockey, but I understand its role, or fighting, fighting in hockey. Like, you, because you can't... It's like, when you had, uh, like, I was watching this documentary on hockey players. I can't remember who the players were, but it was, like... They had the players mic'd up. I think it was on HBO. They had like an HBO oh, yeah, show yeah, yeah. where they mic'd up hockey players. Yeah, I heard about that. And so it was like there was this enforcer on one team was going after like the goal scorer on the other team. Yeah. So the guy who's on the same team as the goal scorer was like, hey man, you better lay off him or I'm going to come beat the shit out of you. Yeah, yeah they talk about it. They, they which, plan it out. Yeah, yeah, which is like, that makes sense. Like that's yeah. why there needs to be fighting in hockey yeah, because you sure. got the big guys picking on the little guys. Yeah. And Big guys on the little guys team need to free up space for the little guy, and that's why it's not going to ever, not going to ever get rid of it. Even if they make it a game misconduct, like every time you fight, it's still going to happen because of that. So, or also people just getting in the corner, you know, like some kind of <coughs> perceived as a dirty hit or whatever. You turn around, and punch a guy, like it's just a, you know, yeah, automatic. Like it's pretty, pretty high tension thing you do yeah. anyway, right? So you're just like you're emotional, or whatever. Like, it's not going to get rid of it. Yeah, I do think they should do a thing where, like, when they scruff after a whistle. And like refs have to come in and like pull them apart. I yeah, think sometimes that's ridiculous. it's stupid. Sometimes it's stupid. They should. Sure. I think refs should just go to the face-off circle, and there should be like a countdown of like a minute. Yeah. And then you dr- they just drop the puck and keep playing. Well, the refs should just be like, "Come on, guys, seriously." They should, shouldn't even grow. bother with it. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah, should yeah, go yeah, and just, get ready for the next. Yeah, get ready and just keep going. Yeah, just these guys, guys like, these guys are like twenty-two years old too. Yeah, like, some yeah. of them are those. Go to the go to the bar on a Saturday night and see how twenty-two-year-olds act. Yeah, give them millions of dollars and put them on the ice. And they've been playing hockey for their whole life. Yeah, like it's actually really fucked up how hockey players, like in like in the states, at least you go to college and you yeah. get some sort of education, even if it's not a real one. But yeah. like in hockey in Canada, it's like you get pulled out when you're 14. You're going, you're going. Well, to it's, play it's like soccer in Europe. Team. It's like soccer in Europe where you get signed at like 12, you know, and you on these all the development teams and stuff. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. And you're not doing anything. You're not doing your homework on the fucking bus ride home yeah. from Schwinn again. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you're playing in the QMJHL or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know one thing about hockey that pisses me off about Canada and hockey is the Summit Series? Yeah. Maybe because I wasn't around for the Summit Series, but it's like... I hope you're not about to shit on the Summit Series. I kind of am. <laughs> it's like enough already. It's like... Well, obvi- it's the 40th obvi- anniversary, though. That's why. Obviously, we won the fucking Summit yeah. Series. Like, we were set up to win. It's like... It'd be like if the American basketball team wouldn't shut up about beating... Like, <laughs> the dream, yeah. Yeah, like, if the dream team wouldn't shut up about beating fucking... Like... <laughs> I got a book here It's called How Hockey Explains Canada Written by Paul Henderson He's got his own picture On the cover Yeah Paul, I'm sure Paul Henderson Is a real wordsmith Yeah <laughs> Well it's with With some other guy Someone here, right? did it somewhere And the foreword Is written by Prime Minister Stephen Harbour It's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty awesome book man Jesus It's wow. good It's good No but the Summer Series though, The reason it's important Is because it happened Four years ago And it's the anniversary And these guys are getting old but it's not just this year. Like people ne- have never shut up about the summer no. series. But I have you watched it recently, the games? I watched no. the final game like a couple weeks ago actually, and because um, there's no hockey on right now, so I watched that and then watched the Olympic uh, Canada gold medal game, <coughs> twenty ten, and I watched it back to back, and they're both super exciting. Like I knew exactly what was gonna happen, but it's just like even the seventy two one. You know, the commentating is different. It's not as easy to watch on TV and stuff. But it was still like, it's it's good. Like it's really good hockey. But it's like we invented hockey, and then we just invite some other team to here to play our game. And then when we win, we're just like, yeah. But that's not you. that's not what it is, though. <laughs> if it was just that, then yeah, I'd agree with you. But it wasn't just that. It was that like 
we thought, yeah, we're the best ever. We had these fat old guys playing, right? And then all of a sudden we invite the Russians. Yeah, fuck the Russians. We're going to, you know. And they come and they beat us on Canada like a million times, like, you know, like three times in a row or whatever, you know. It was like, right. really. And then they go to Russia and they're like, you know, it's super tense because everyone's expecting them to to win and then not. Because, you know, we're supposed to be the best. And then these guys, like, those, you know, communists with helmets. <laughs> I think another thing, too, is that all my favorite hockey players are Russian. <laughs> that would yeah, I might do it, yeah. yeah. I just like those style of game they play. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's, it's different. It's totally different. Yeah, like as much as you know, I can respect the, the grinders, like Bobby Clark. I like watching Pavel Datsyuk, yeah. you know, walk himself out of a corner. I watched Vancouver Calgary yeah. in like I don't. It was like in the nineties when like Burray played for Vancouver because they play those old games on yeah. Hockey Night in Canada now. And That's cool. I like how they do that. It was like that game where Burray scored, like, probably his most iconic goal, where he scored... Oh, and he goes like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he throws his gloves yeah, up in the yeah, air. Yeah. That game was so exciting. The goaltending, yeah. and it was ridiculous. Like, Kirk McLean and, and Mike Vernon. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Wow, what a great game that was. Yeah. And now we're older than all of the guys in the NHL. Yeah. Except for, like, you know, two or three of them. I remember when I, like, I had... There was, there was a few years... Where I couldn't watch the juniors anymore, like, yeah, because I used to watch the juniors every year, like, like the championship, the yeah, world, yeah, the world juniors, and then like I think it got to a point where I was probably like seventeen, eighteen. I was like kind of bitter that I didn't get to play. I know because you think you're going to, right? Yeah, <laughs> even though like yeah. I quit hockey three years yeah, before that, for sure, for I sure, still yeah. thought like fuck that, I should yeah. be on the junior yeah. team. <laughs> yeah, like the last year I played, I I, I quit like competitive hockey, I just played house league when I was like thirteen or whatever, yeah. and then I was like, yeah, I can make it. <laughs> Yeah. Play in a no contact league, I can make it up at the NHL. Yeah, it's like but yeah, the World Juniors is really exciting. It's cool, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, I think that this Tumblr series is important because like it's just it, it, it kinda opened things up for I think hockey is how it is in Canada now because of that. I think before it was just a given that we were the best at everything and it was all the NHL was like all Canadian. Right now it's like still more than fifty percent Canadian, but at that point it was like ninety eight percent or whatever. A couple Americans in there, right? But now it's totally different, and that like kind of showed like this is not just us. We're not as good as we think we are. Like people are doing really cool stuff elsewhere. Remember in the Mighty Ducks, where uh, it was like Mighty Ducks two, and they were Team USA. Yeah, and they played against like Team Barbados or something. In the <laughs> <laughs> it was like Iceland. Oh, was it? Like, <laughs> Iceland. <laughs> First of all, there's 30,000 people in Iceland. Yeah, they could have picked any Scandinavian country that actually has a hockey team, and they choose Iceland, yeah. Did you know, you know, I think it's, where's Bjork from? Iceland. She's from Iceland. Yeah, like, beer was illegal in, <laughs> was illegal there until 89. Seriously? Yeah. With, it was all what alcohol or just beer? They're, no, just beer. I think they were beer. allowed to drink alcohol, like liquor, but. That's weird. Yeah. Because I was watching the, one night when I was on tour, I was like, couldn't sleep, everyone else was sleeping, and the Untouchables was on, so oh, yeah. I was just like, also watching the Untouchables and reading about Prohibition. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> It's pretty awesome, actually. That's a great movie. It's pretty cheesy, actually. It is, but it's like... And he's such an asshole. Like, Costner? The, yeah, like, it's like you're just throwing these people in jail for like an unjust reason, and, and the only reason that, that, who does De Niro play? Al Capone. The only reason Al Capone is so powerful is because you're unjust law against liquor. Yeah. Like, if liquor was legal, you wouldn't have Al Capone. There were no gangsters, all that shit. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. 
No, I, I actually like how cheesy it is, though. I think they, they go way over the top in being, like, an epic. Like, that bit with the thing falling down the stairs. Right. They do it. It takes, like, 30 minutes for <laughs> this thing to fall down the stairs. There's this extreme slow motion and, like, all this dramatic music. I don't know. It's, like, I like it. But we should listen to more music. Yeah, so, so um... You John, you don't... You don't... Yeah, you put, you put something in. Do you want to, like, stop it and so it's a different track? Oh, would you... No, just talk, tell, talk about the track first and then talk about the song and then we'll put... Okay, so I'm going to play, uh... There's two... This is the the Public Image Limited second edition record. Um, I'm going to play it to keep to keep the, the punk thing going. Yeah. Um, I wanted to play Pop Tones, which I really like, but Pop Tones is, like, eight minutes long. Okay. So I'm going to play Swan Lake, which is also a really good song, but, like... Okay. I just found out about Public Image Limited pretty recently. Like, I didn't really know Johnny Rotten did anything after yeah. the Sex Pistols. Yeah. And, Is like, there... I, I kind of find Sex Pistols unlistenable to right now. Yeah, like, I understand. Just because it's so iconic, it's like you can't yeah. just listen to it. It's like, how many times do you have to hear? Well, there's a really good book you should read called um, Rip It Up and Start Again. It's a, a history of uh, post punk. Oh, yeah. It's got a big section on public image. It's very interesting. Yeah, I'd love to. But I got the first public image limited album I got. I got one on cassette. I can't remember what it was called, but I didn't like it at all. Yeah. And then I got this record, and this record's amazing. Cool. So, yeah, this song's called uh, Swan Lake. Okay.
like a kind of like you were saying it's like a that post-punk feel but it's like really dance dance rock kind of like it's because of the reggae influence though right yeah. is what I understand from the book that I'd read and plus like from, I think that uh, I'd always read stuff and seen in documentaries and stuff that like John Lydon was really into um, like they listen to reggae all day these guys and I like the thing is I kind of hated him for a long time Sex Pistols not so much the Sex Pistols, but honestly, it's because he was on an episode of uh, Politically Incorrect. Oh, yeah? And, like, he was kind of like, oh, he's over the hill, and he would say things that he would expect Bill Maher to take offense to or something. Get a reaction, yeah. Yeah. Bill Maher like, fucking doesn't give a shit about anything. Yeah. But, so John Lydon would be like... You know, like say something and like do his bug his eyes out <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like yeah, yeah. stare at you yeah. like you're supposed to have some reaction. Yeah. It's like, dude, I don't know. like you don't need to do that. It's not yeah, right. it's like it's it's not shocking that you're you call yourself an anarchist or something. Yeah. You know, like. But yeah, but then like once I started listening to Public Image, I was like, holy, maybe I have it completely wrong. Maybe this guy yeah. is actually awesome. Yeah, it's cool. It's just it's, uh, I like I don't know too much about post punk because it's I guess it's. This is a genre. Yeah. And the book that I was talking about, it covers a lot of stuff, like, from, like, industri- like industrial stuff, like, throwing gristle and all that, to, like, you know, like, madness and the specials, and then, like, this stuff, and... Well, actually, it's funny, because, I mean, I kind of brought a lot of post-punk records. Good, this, I'd like to hear. Yeah, like, uh, it's funny, because, um, um, Public Image is a great, like, example of kind of, like, that dance rock thing and I have I also brought like a Happy Mondays yeah they're in that book as well yeah Yeah. and it's like you know that's you can kind of see the uh, yeah the the influence maybe on Happy Mondays of for sure Public Image Limited because there's actually in that movie too um, 24 Hour Party People I didn't see that I kept hearing it was really good great that's a great movie and 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 24 Hour Party People is actually a song by the Happy Mondays it was about the label right the the movie Yeah. yeah And like, uh, it's funny because I watched this documentary on the guy from Happy Mondays and like, he, him and his like scene, he was like, he was like the, f- the first wave of like ecstasy users. So okay. they were just like fucked on ecstasy like all the time. That's cool. Oh, it's not cool. And it actually, and it's funny because in that movie they like, they're like, Happy Mondays are showing their new demo to the, like, the head of the label. Oh, cool. And, uh. Can I borrow this? Yeah, you can borrow it, yeah. Cool. Um, so they're showing their demo to the head of the label, and, like, it's this music, and, like, the head of the label's waiting for the lyrics to come yeah. in. Yeah. And the lyrics just never come, and it's That's because, awesome. like, the guy was so fucked on ecstasy that he couldn't come up with anything that was, like, worthy of singing. Yeah. So it's just, like, his lyrics are the, the, the lack good. of yeah. silence. Yeah. <laughs> or the lack of lyrics, I should say. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and then I saw, I saw this documentary of... The two guys, the guitarist from that band and the singer now, because they're just like best friends who like grew up yeah. a block away from each other or whatever, and they're still living in the same neighborhood. And it's just about how like they're recovering drug addicts and they're going to play this sh- this sh- like reunion show, and it's like a great privilege, but it's also really depressing because it's like yeah, we do this one show and then everyone leaves and has a good yeah. time and then forgets about us yeah. again, and it's like. The guy's like an alcoholic and he's not supposed to be drinking, but they go to the pub for oh, yeah. a drink because they always used to go to this pub and have a drink before they play shows. The routine like, order. Yeah, and it's like they have old footage of them from when Happy Mondays was really uh, popping and 
and they're just like in these interviews just so high like so ridiculously high and they're not particularly smart dudes right they're just like kind of dumb and so like when the bubble bursts it's like yeah. what are you gonna do you yeah know? you got no job yeah. yeah yeah it's cool that was, that was, that was a guy I like that I like that track the public, the public image that book actually that Rip It Up and Start Again is interesting because kind of um one of the reasons I wanted to do this is because I've been listening to a lot of, um, I just like, you know, years after they existed, I discovered podcasts and I've been listening to like a ridiculous amount of podcasts lately. Yeah, I really, I really like the idea of it. And uh, I heard this one like, hour and a half long interview these guys did at a podcast with Henry Rollins. And this kind of made me want to do something like this. Um, at the beginning, before he doesn't realize they're recording yet and they're talking and they're talking about that book. Mm. And he's talking to these two guys about the book and, um, you know, he's describing whatever, and then he goes off and starts talking about the various different editions and the differences between the editions, and he goes into just this insane amount of detail about the book, and I'm just like, I have this book, I've read it like two or three times, I didn't know any, like, and he's, he's talked, he's, he's like spoken personally to the author about various changes, the different, like, he's super, super into it, and it was like, that's cool, I, I, I like the, I like listening to people, even if I don't know, you know, I, I alright. <laughs> I've, I've I've only read the one edition of the book. I don't know what the different UK version and what the changes are, but hmm. like, I like hearing people talking about something in, those, in so much detail. You know, it makes me want to read. Like now, I want to find the other version of the book just because he had so much like background about it. You know, it's like if someone bothered to care that much about it, yeah. That you know, I, I, it's kind of. Let me write something down for you. Yeah. What did you think about that song, John? It was good. I would, I'm kind of curious. I don't know, like how. How popular were Public Image Limited when they were doing their thing? Um, I don't think they were very popular. No, I, like they they have how many albums? Like they were doing it for a little while. It seems yeah, like. they have a bunch of albums. Well, they, they put an album like last year. Did they really? Yeah, makes sense. And kind of had a pretty good wave of success to ride off of, but like yeah, the Sex Pistols, you think? But it's not like the, the problem is though it's not at all like the Sex Pistols. No, right? So someone hearing like liking the Sex Pistols, oh cool, Johnny Rotten has a new band. They go listen to this and they go, what is this? Yeah, it's got like weird like reggae and disco influences and stuff and like, right. you know, it's and like, it's like pop. Not, if you want to hear him snarling and swearing at people and like, you know. This well, is, yeah, because like, like a lot of these songs too are five plus minutes versus right. like a Sex Pistols song which is like a minute and a half. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just him yelling and it's like, you know, two chords or whatever, yeah. Yeah. So. It's, it's funny because I was talking earlier about how Johnny Rotten is kind of like saying things about how like like you should be shocked like it's still the 60s in London or whatever yeah but I was also thinking about a lot about how um, when people think of of rock music these days as being really progressive but it's like people have been making rock music since the, like it's been a pop the most popular form of music since the 50s, since the 50s. Yeah. yeah and so it's not really that progressive and so I was I, I caught Louie Louie yeah on the radio the other day, and I was like, these guys are progressive. Like, these guys must have been out of their minds. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's good, eh? It's really yeah, good. Yeah, like, it's... Re- and the, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, because when that happened, it's like, people weren't doing that. Like, what, that was... The song was probably the 60s, like... Probably early 60s, I would guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, like, mid-60s. Yeah, like, maybe, yeah, maybe mid-60s. Yeah. But there's a whole controversy about what the lyrics were about, too, right? Because people, cen- people wanted to censor it because they didn't know what he was saying. Uh-huh. So they're thinking, like, okay, I can't figure this out. He's got to be saying something obscene. Because, like, I don't know what he's talking about. There's, there's, I read this article uh, just recently about how Tutti Frutti and yeah. the, the original yeah, lyrics. Yeah, yeah, Tutti Frutti, Good Booty. 
Yeah, it was yeah. like it was explicit, about gay sex. Yeah. It was explicitly yeah. about gay sex. Yeah. <laughs> I needed to change yeah, the lyrics. Change it, yeah. You had to change it, yeah. That's really uh, right. that's progressive. Yeah, for sure. Like right, writing a stupid yeah. song on the guitar about how your girlfriend broke up with you isn't yeah, progressive. It's not, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Little Richard in like 1958 <laughs> yeah. or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that song, that's yeah. on the fucking cusp right yeah. there. Of, yeah. Yeah, when I hear sh- like shitty music in decades like the 80s or the 90s, then. I especially get like I especially won't like it because of how much time has been since rock and roll came to be and how much good music it was before. Like they've had enough chance to hear good stuff. That yeah, you shouldn't. Why? Yeah. What are you doing this for? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's too easy to start a rock band too. It's like whatever. Yeah. Everyone's in a fucking rock band. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I guess we're kind of. <laughs> oh, by the way, Sam. The, yeah. the, the new Mouthful Records. It's good. Eh? I like it. I'm it's very happy insane. with it. Yeah. Thank you. Well, yeah. Oh, like I told, I, yeah, yeah. I, when did I see you on like Saturday? Or I was like, because I, I, because it came out on a Wednesday. Yeah. I, I downloaded. I didn't listen it to Friday until Friday. I think like in twenty four hours, I listened to it four times. Pretty good. Well, it's like seven minutes long. <laughs> it's funny. I was. It's so good. I was Thank talking you. with Matt Matt Foster the other day. And yeah. He just bought a new computer. Did and the, the Mouthboard album is the only thing on his new computer. That's nice. <laughs> so that's all he's been listening to. I, I know I said this so on, on the radio show when we were being interviewed on CKW, but I love seeing that guy wearing the Mouthboard shirt, like, at folk shows, you know? It's so awesome. Just because, like, I mean, we, you wearing awesome. the Mouthboard shirt is cool, too, but, you know, a lot of the music you do is almost more, like... Congruent, Yeah. But, like, the Crooked Brothers is not... I mean, I think they're a good band, but it's not... There's not much of a connection between what they're doing and what we're doing. I couldn't stop thinking about how much I wish you guys could just be a band. Like, I wish I you guys could just do that. Because yeah. it's, it's really special. Like, it's really pretty incredible. Like, all three albums are fucking amazing. And the progression, like, the fact that there's, like, almost no guitar on this new record. Yeah, it's a lot of keyword. Through, through some crazy effects yeah. and just, like, and Goldwyn... The drumming is insane. Colin it's is insane. the best drummer I've yeah, in the probably yeah. ever met. I know, it's crazy. Like, and those drums, are they're in my garage right now, right? I play around them sometimes, and like, they sound like, it's, they're so beat up. Like, <laughs> yeah. I play them, and I mean, I'm not a good drummer at all, by any stretch of imagination, but I can play, you know, I can keep a beat, kind of, whatever. And like, I'm playing with them, and then I, I record, I was testing with this recording thing, which is recording <laughs> the drums, seeing how it sounds. I listen to it back, and it sounds like hitting like a pail of water. <laughs> like, it just sounds so gross. And, and then you listen to Golden playing, and it sounds like, like a computer. It's crazy, like a computer with like, yeah. you know, it's nuts. Especially like a one. computer manned by Aphex Twin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure, it's crazy. It's crazy, it's so good. Yeah, yeah he's fucking... He's ridiculous. Yeah, you guys are great, so good as a band. Yeah. But let's not... Yeah, let's maybe get into the next song. Yeah, John, what do you... Uh, um, what the beach shit you got? No, I picked stuff that <laughs> I thought would be boys? interesting. <laughs> I'm going to play... Uh, how many guys and turtlenecks are on the album cover? I'm gonna play. <laughs> you making fun of my sweater? Well, I'm wearing fucking camouflage sweatpants right now, so I can't really complain. But that's still fun. I'm gonna play a song by the the UK band Japan, okay. which isn't particularly great, but it's interesting. Are they like a glam rock thing or something? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. This is a this is their first album, and uh, I'm gonna listen to a, a song called. The album is Adolescent Sex, and we're gonna listen to the song. Oh, that's uh, gross. Communist <laughs> China. Communist China. Communist China. Yeah, right. And, what's, uh, this, uh, yeah. what's the deal with this? Do you want to say they one now, or are you listen to the first? Or no, what? it's just something that I came across, and it's not particularly good, but it's kind of interesting. It's like, <laughs> well, this record kind of sucks. But it's it won't play for yeah, years. it's almost most of the songs have like something interesting that like if 
fleshed out in a way that was more to my musical right, tastes right, right, right. would be really interesting, but... So you, like, recognize something that appeals to you? In yeah, but it doesn't uh, pan out. Really. I see the, uh... Alright, well, let's listen to it. Communist China? Yeah. By Japan? Is that any kind of significance? Or? Shorter songs. Some of them are kind of like these seven-minute, yeah, grand ballad things. And, and this was, one, yeah, it's cool. It's a um, catchy riff. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, what I was gonna say is that, like, and this is weird because they don't sound at all alike. But there's a song on the new Mars Volta record that sounds like that a lot. Really? Eh? And it's actually a single. I don't think it. 
don't think it did anything. It was a single because it's weird. <laughs> but like, um, I love how, I love Mars how Volta singles on yeah. every every yeah. top yeah. forty job. I love how Mars Volta tries to have singles. Yeah, singles, <laughs> you know. But it's really great. The new the new album is phenomenal, and there's a, a song I'm gonna play a minute from there. But just I wasn't planning on it, but I was thinking about it when this was happening. So yeah, I'd love to hear that. That's uh, like, have you guys heard that new Mars Volta record? No, yet? no. I don't know if I, yeah, I st- it streamed for a while. Yeah, right? I think for it probably, yeah, yeah. It's really different. It's like um, they they went from like a seven piece to like a five piece. Mm-hmm. They uh, which I mean, so they do cut out the uh, xylophone and the, uh, no, that's just the, playing and the, with the lights. And the no, well, they have a new drummer. They, they always have new drummers, right? Then I think the drummers kind of like tell you what the sound's gonna be like because they, yeah. they're pretty different, right? Like, like you listen to the drums on like. Um, Francis the Mute, and then the Bedlam and Goliath, and that, they're totally, you know, Bedlam's, like, so heavy and fast yeah. and stuff. But this guy now, DeAnthony Parks, the new drummer, he's, I don't know what the hell music he makes on his own, but it's weird. Like, he's really, he sounds like a computer that's, like, got a virus or something. Like, he's really just kind of, it's, like, really kind of... Um, like, glitchy? Like, glitchy. Yeah. But, li- you know, live drums. And I've seen some videos of him playing live, and it's just crazy, like... It's cool, but yeah, it's here. The whole album is really. Um, oh, another thing, I uh, yeah, I don't have any other albums by these guys, but I think their first two were pretty heavy with the guitar, and then they kind of started doing synthier stuff. So it's like the mouth load. And it kind of well, yeah, <laughs> it's probably exactly like the mouth load. Okay, this is another one that uh, I'm gonna have to bit of trouble finding the song because the albums are just colored. What, like where the, did you, you get that into? No, I got a music trailer. When it came out, but like the albums are like this. One's yellow, one's blue, right? Yeah, so I have no clue what the fuck. Yeah, it's, it's you know, like, three glasses. Tried to buy Francis Mute. Yeah, you can. It's like nine hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I went to into the music and I talked to them about it, and they're just like, yeah. You have to so order it. It's gonna cost you at least a couple hundred bucks, right? Yeah, like, like everybody, because that's the one record everybody wants, and they, get, the and they were they were on a smaller label, so it's like they, the yeah. the press running is really low. I would love for them to just re-release all this stuff cheap. Like I don't care if it's like. Well, Francis and Mute is one of my favorite records. It is my favorite time. record. It's my favorite record of all time by anybody. Yeah, it's like insane. I, I don't like saying that usually. It's going to be my favorite record, but it is. It's it's so good. Like, I, I can listen to that record every day, mm-hmm. and I'd be quite happy to do it. Yeah, this new stuff is. Um, I mean, this is my favorite band for sure. Yeah, like, the but I think. I mean. Uh, they're incredible. They're ridiculous. Yeah. So, you see that Nardwar interview with them? No, I didn't. But it's cool. Dude, you have to watch. Uh, you haven't uh, done like a Nardwar freako where you just watch like no Nardwar is pretty great, but yeah. Um, have you seen Have you seen Sean P from you know like uh, you know who Sean P is right from Helder Skelter? The name sounds super familiar. Yeah, like this cl- like boot camp click like yeah, 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 super yeah. classic New York rapper. Yeah, he does. He's he just put out a new record like last week or a week before. Okay. and so he's doing all these promo things. Like one of the things he did is like reporting live from. Hurricane Sandy and like, oh, yeah. but he also did like Nardwar where he interviews Farrah Mosh as playing Nardwar. Whoa! Oh <laughs> it's man, like, that's great. That sounds good. So he's like, you got this big like New York rapper, kind of gangster, you know, pretending to be Nardwar and yeah. doing a really good job at it. He's pulling out like obscure, like leaflets from bodegas yeah, around yeah, the corner yeah, for Farrah yeah, Mosh. Right. Right. He was doing the fucking Nardwar. That's oh, awesome. Wow. Yeah, it was awesome. It was totally. Actually, awesome. Is that? Yeah, that sounds. That sounds like it was worth checking out. So yeah, tomorrow, when you have some downtime at work, or when you get home, you should watch that, and the Mars Volta Nardwar is really good. They, good. they talk about fucking, um, oh, what's that fucking guy, that guy from Def Jam? Rick Rubin? Yeah. They yeah, they how, did some stuff with him in the first album. they talk about how much they did not get along with Rick Rubin, and it's like... Well, it's funny, because that album that he did, that I know tons of people, and this is what I see on the internet too all the time, who, you know, you say like the Mars Volta... And they're like, oh yeah, I only like their first album. Everything else is just too weird. And it's like, their first album was good, but it's... I mean, I'd rank it, like, near the bottom of my order of Mars I can't, albums. I, like, 
I recently downloaded the discography, and, and it's like the later they get, the better. The better they get, yeah. The first yeah. album's on, like, I don't even really like it. It's kind of too. I know. And I, know. I even tried to, like, get the drive in, and, like, that the drive in's good, but it's like. It's, Frank is the mute on to me. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Type, like, even the stuff that gets kind of, like, not so acclaimed, like Octahedron. Yeah. I didn't like. I I didn't dislike it at first, but at first I was like, okay, this is kind of like you know. But then I've listened to it like a bunch, and it's awesome. And like I really like like it more now. So anyway, so I'm gonna play um, the Malkin Jewel from this uh, Nocturnicat, and uh, <laughs> the album that comes with the 3D glasses come with the LP. I follow. What's the singer's name? Cedric Bixler-Zavella. I follow him on Twitter, and he just he just says ridiculous shit. Like, <laughs> you know, but it, but it's kind of like he's trying to be funny, but he's not. It really bummed me out to find out he was a Scientologist. What really? He's a Scientologist. Yeah, it really bummed me out. I was like, it's not. I mean, it almost seems like he'd be doing it as a joke because it's like, look how weird I am. I'm gonna be a scientist. You know? What? I don't know. It's like I can't figure out any reason why. I mean, maybe he's. I don't know. Why would you be a Christian though? Bex is Scientologist too, though. So I don't know. Is, is it sex magic? Scientology? Like it's all. It's all like Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> all just watching some woman. That's what witch police comes from. Rosemary's Baby. Oh really? Name Witch Police. Yeah, we were, were you there? Hmm? We were watching a bunch. A bunch of people were watching horror movies, and the Witch Police came from. I wrote it down. Uh, like they should call the police. Oh, who are they gonna call the Witch Police? Wow, <laughs> yeah. oh, that's hey. so cool. Heard of you? Anyway, what a great movie. That yeah, it's is. a great movie. Yeah. I might have, yeah. Those I think here, we were right? there. She, was, gets, uh, she gets digged down by the devil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to play the Mars Volta, Milk and Jewel. Yeah. Isn't it Nocturnicate like a song on one of their earlier albums? Oh, might be. Their song titles are crazy. Anyway, I'm just going to not play the Milk and Jewel because I discovered that we should listen to the Whip Hand instead because it's better. There's this great, in, in the Nardwar interview, it's like a... Nardwar is like, so you guys like recently went clean, you stopped doing drugs. Stopped doing heroin, yeah. And they're like, they're like, yeah, you know, it's like, Nardwar's like, what's the difference? He's like, well, you know, it's like, we used to work on a song, like write a song and go smoke crack for three days. Yeah. But now we like write a song and just practice it for three days. Yeah. <laughs> it's wow. awesome. We well, used to do crack. Well, they were doing heroin too, they were crazy. Like, I mean, heroin's a rock star drug, but crack? crack? <laughs> we, we fucking older than bastards. They're from yeah. Texas, I don't know, does that explain it? Maybe.
first song on Nocturnicate, which I really like. It's a good record. That's yeah, it was it was really good. Martin Volt is such a great band. Yeah, they are. Um, that bridge part that you're talking about, where he breaks it down and it's like an M.I.A. song. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's funny because these guys are so talented, but what's their background like? Because they came from the punk scene in what El Paso, El Paso Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where does where's this coming from? But there, like, obviously was that great scene in Texas, but, like, where's, like, for example, the, the other big Texas punk group I know is Butthole Surfers. Yeah. Where, where are they from? Are they from El Paso? I have Yeah, people who just have it in them, I guess. Or, I, don't know, but, I mean, like, this is something different, though, because, like, if you listen to At The Drive-In, like you were saying earlier, like, it doesn't sound like this at all. I mean, and that's what they're obviously in. Like, yeah, like, At The Drive-In sounds like Refused or something. Yeah, it sounds like a, not a less good version of Refused. Yeah, yeah. But with yeah. cool lyrics. Not the refuse. But sometimes, like, he, he, like, especially in the earlier records, like, because uh, we're talking about the first Mars Volta record, and the lyrics on that record, like, really border on cheesy. Like, yeah. they're, they're probably more cheesy than they are cool. Yeah. But the, like, further he gets in, in the Mars Volta discography, he gets really, like, mindfuck lyrics. Yeah, totally, yeah. yeah. And. They were smoking crack. <laughs> Yeah, they were definitely smoking crack and doing heroin. Yeah, but uh, that doesn't. Nevertheless, yeah. Yeah, I don't think. Leonard, Neither here. I don't think Leonard Cohen ever smoked crack. You know, like... yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got some. Yeah, 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 yeah. Different kind of lyrics, but yeah, they equally. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's a really good band. It's I, I can't. Well, I, and I love their influences too, because they're obviously influenced by so many different styles of music, and they kind of incorporate that yeah. into their. Like, really, because they're just like a prog band, right? So it's yeah. like, they incorporate so many different styles, and then they just mash it up in a blender, where it's just like a crazy mixture of... Well, what I understand with this record that's different from the other ones, and, and this sounds really different, right? I mean, you, you, that doesn't sound like something off Bedlam or Francis or anything like that, right? Like, I mean, it does in a way, but it's... Yeah. Uh, and I, what I read was, like, you know how before, on the earlier albums, it used to be Omar Rodriguez Lopez, like writing all this shit and then recording each instrument separately right and they wouldn't they wouldn't get to hear the other guys so yeah. he'd be like okay the bass player here's your part and he doesn't he doesn't can't write music either. so he just would like play it for them or whatever be like here's what you have to play in the song so the guy would play it to like a click track or whatever and then the drummer same thing and then like the keyboard player same thing and then mm. he put it all together so then aside from the singer and him no one had any clue what the thing was going to sound like until it was combined this record apparently they all did it like together so there's other yeah. So other they were hearing each other while they're input, playing it, yeah. and other people are putting input more input into it versus like dictating like this is how it goes. And well, it seems almost like that's that'd be like an ego thing because like why like why wouldn't you want like when you make music you make music when you're in a band like that's you make, you yeah, make music. Yeah. But the Mars Volta is those two guys though. Yeah. And then the Mars well, Volta group. Surpri- as it surprises me that he doesn't know how to write music because like the things he does is so intricate. Yeah. Like, what's his musical background? Is he just like a punk guitarist I, who I became know. like a crazy person? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, yeah it's possible to just be a crazy guitarist. But they right? were in, they were in their play guitar band. all the time. And, like, but like, because well, we were talking about the drums on that song, and like yeah. the only way the drums on that song would work is because they're in some crazy timing. Because it's like, it's like you were saying they're like glitch drums. Yeah. It's like it's like they skip beats. It's weird. It's cool. I really well, like it. Yeah, people it's approach insane. these things from different angles. You can do it from like, I, under, I get the theory of it or you can do it like for the feel of it. So I think it, 
I think like, are, you, good... are you just counting really hard when you're just like drumming, or you just feel it? Like, because I well, yeah, I think you can do it either. You way. know, I've seen this guy. I've seen videos of this guy playing. I mean, I'm, this doesn't explain whether how he does it, but he looks so pissed off the whole time. Every the time he's playing, really he intense. looks mad. He's just like, well, like any drummer, any drummer who's worth his gets a look. Skins yeah, yeah. The should be work. like just pissed off at his drums, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> like beating yeah. them. Yeah. You know? It's cool. I don't know. It's cool though. I like I like the new sound that they have, and I like how you know a lot of people are like, "Oh, this is like some weird synthy stuff." Whereas the guitar is twenty minute guitar solo, whatever. But like, I don't know. You don't. I mean, don't need the same thing every time. It's still good. It's different. Good. It's great. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know, but it's like the, the Mars Volta is like the type of band that will probably be making great music for a long time, and will probably keep progressing, which yeah. is really rare when you. With bands like well, they're like what six albums in now or something, and, and they've been good, like, and they've been professional musicians since they were like eighteen. Since yeah, probably yeah. And so they were in de facto before at the drive-in, mm-hmm. and then Darth Volta. So to find a band like that who is just like constantly progressing and getting weirder and weirder, yeah. like it's really exciting. And it's like you look at a band like uh, Radiohead and how much. Radiohead is a lot of is the best band in the world. Yeah, the band, yeah, yeah. But it's like, I find that Radiohead just font, like takes elements from other groups who are doing really progressive things and finds a way to take those really progressive elements and make them mainstream. Make the best yeah. of it. And it's like, Radiohead is a great band. For sure. But it's like, I've, I've actually tried actively to get into Radiohead's discography and I find a lot of it really boring. Yeah. And I find that a band like Mars Volta, who's like, I don't like everything Mars Volta does, but they're always interesting. They're yeah. always, like, on... But they're not as accessible as Radiohead, though. They might even be doing the same kind of thing, but Radiohead has, like, you know, the Mars Volta doesn't have any pop books. You know what I mean? Radiohead will have to do something more, like, there's, like, you know, ten minutes of electronics, and then all of a sudden the next song is going to be super catchy and, like... People are gonna, it's gonna stick in your head, right? This stuff does differently. It does, but if you're not, I mean, you can't just go pick up a Mars Volta record. I don't think with any, without any frame of reference for what it's gonna be. Yeah, play for someone who's never heard them before. I mean, they, you, they might blow them away, but you it'll can. But you have to. Ever seen Ever seen the movie um, Get Him to the Greek? Yes, I've seen that. Yeah, that's actually like because I watched it when it first came out, and I was like, "Oh, it's good, it's funny." I was just all high on drugs when I watched it, and it was great. <laughs> But then I, I watched it recently. Yeah. I just caught it on. T- it was on TV, and Less I caught it, and I was like, "This movie's actually funny." Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, and it's like as much as you want to hate. Puff Daddy was actually funny. Yeah, was... like you want to hate Puff yeah. Daddy. You kind of want to hate Russell Brand. You do, yeah. And like, even though Superbad was good, you kind of want to hate yeah. that fat guy. Yeah. <laughs> but that is actually a good movie. It is, yeah. And like, one of the parts in that movie is like, because like his relationship to his wife is his wife is a new nurse, so she's like working all the time and he works in the music industry so they never get time together he's like you want to go to the Mars Volta concert that's right I remember that yeah. and then she's like who's Mars Volta and he's like this is Mars Volta yeah. and he just plays like a snippet of a Mars I Volta song that. and it's just like yes yeah. like fuck this movie I'm just going to go listen yeah. to Mars Volta oh, right now I played, uh, I played Mars Volta for my students in Korea oh, they wow. were freaked out and they're not into it but yes, yeah, I like I like Gangnam Style when I heard it once, but yeah. then I had to hear it forty times after. Yeah. yeah, definitely, it was just very catchy. Get it? <laughs> I get it. I get dubstep, but like chill. Yeah. Oh, shit. Easy. Yeah. So I'm gonna play a song now, cause 
Like I brought a I brought a bunch of records so I could maybe like cover transitions from song to song. So yeah. you played Mars Volta, so I'm gonna play something proto prog. Okay. I'm gonna play Can. Cool. Which is, you know, obvious, yep. but um I'm gonna play the song Mushroom by Can. Okay. Just throw that on the uh, the records on there. Thanks. So yeah, this is uh Why are we listening to this one? What's the um, uh well it's you know, it's it's like it's proto prog, like you know, like you have Canon craft work or contemporaries, right? So you have out of Germany this really weird scene where it's like post Nazi Germany. Yeah. And you have all these kids who grew up just ashamed of their parents for being Germans. Yeah in the Nazi regime and you have people like Kraftwerk doing music that's like all electronic which is like it's like proto-electronic music and they call themselves music workers yes is really funny and then you have groups like Ken who are like they were university professors it's cool I can not yeah and there were university professors who just started a band, and the, and the way they found their singer, their singer is like this Japanese yeah. guy. Suzuki, right? Yeah, who was in, he was just like singing on the street for money in Germany, and these two like music professors at a German university were like, they just saw him on the street, like they were having a beer at a cafe, and they're like, that's our new singer. Didn't they have hmm. an American guy first or something? Or as a that? singer? After maybe maybe they had, I don't know I for some reason remember I don't know too much about them but I thought I read somewhere they had like an American guy at one point I maybe think of someone else all I, all I know is this guy and he's like he's from Japan and he sings in English Japanese German and gibberish his voice is crazy too eh? yeah he actually played at the West End yeah, did, yeah. and I didn't go to see much didn't go either there's yeah it's too bad. But. So, this song is called My Show. Cool.
Same when we were listening to it, it kind of reminds me of something someone would have sampled in the early 90s. We're not recording though, are yeah. we? Oh shit. Um, like. <laughs> um, I don't know what to say about that. Like, Canada's. Canada's this really great group that, uh. I think, like, they're obviously, like I was saying, they're proto prog. Like, they're, yeah. they're like the first prog band. And they, like,. Well, how do you, how, how do you, how's Prague, because I, I mean, like, I think of Prague, like we were saying, you know, you're, John, you're saying yes, is what you think of when you think Prague, right? Mm-hmm. And where, like, where's, where's, yes, they, where's yes from? Maybe because of, it, because of like, they, the term yeah, Prague British, rock probably, yes. or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe is, is there a difference between Prague and Prague rock? I don't know. No. No, I think it's the same thing, right? But I think Prague, like, I... I just think like it's gonna be some really really uh, indulgent like guitar solo thing. Yeah, like it's right. I mean that was great. This what we just and listened to was awesome, and it's not keyboard, keyboard noodling. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like often really like annoying. Like f- for example, like I've had so many times where I've tried to like um, rush. Like that, that's, I've really I, yeah, because I really want to like Rush, but I can't, I can't, I can't handle Geddy Lee's voice. Yeah. and like his really nerdy lyrics. He never the lyrics. The drummer wrote the lyrics. Okay, because like. But still, they're still bad lyrics. 
Yeah, like, and that's that's the one thing about that I associate with Prague. It's not only like the asshole noodling, but also the the terrible like sci-fi and dragon yeah, yeah, lyrics. lyrics both sorcerers. Yeah, yeah. You know what like, though? Like, it's funny because I agree with you for sure. I do think of the, the it's like space dragons, or whatever. It's lyrics are about, right? Yeah. <laughs> but then like. Um, I've been listening to lots of doom metal lately, right? Like, tons and tons of doom metal. And all that shit is ridiculous. Like, the lyrics, you know, about wizards and stuff. Right? And I love it, but when it's in the context of something like Rush, it sounds horrible. I don't know, maybe it's just I've because... also heard other <laughs> other music with, like, weird wizardry lyrics Yeah, that somehow it works, I don't know. can work. Yeah. I don't know, like... Not that they're, like, good. They're, like... I mean, oh you're just God, saying you love the Mothboat new album, and those are about ghosts and, like, you know, the undead and stuff, and, like, that's... Not but it's distant from. But it's it's like you're not taking yourself that's seriously. That's true. That's lyrically. true. That's true. It's like you must. Am I really supposed to like buy into your like fantasy world so that I can enjoy your music? Like, that's true. And I guess a band like Electric Wizard, their whole thing is that like they're really high at the time, and like their songs are about getting high and then talking about wizards and stuff. So it's like <laughs> <laughs> they have a thing that's uh, at seven inch called Legalized Drugs and Murder. <laughs> <laughs> So good, I love that band. But yeah, I guess yeah, I don't take it seriously, right? I'm not thinking like, okay, this dude, right. like the guy with the full face tattoos, is playing guitar in the band. Like, I don't think he actually believes in dragons. Maybe he does. But. Yeah. So, so the guy from the, the singer from Can, Dan Suzuki, yeah. it's like he's like half the time singing in English, sometimes German, sometimes Japanese, sometimes gibberish. Yeah. And it's like you don't get this feeling that he's like really doing something special it's just like he's feeling the music and they're like they're kind of a jam band which yeah. is like sometimes terrible like yeah. sometimes you don't need to hear some band go off for eight minutes about even if they're good at the music yeah yeah but like you just get this feeling that he's going with the vibe and it's like kind of jammy and it's kind of yeah yeah i think that can really work for lyrics though too is to just go by like what what sound fits in here and then yeah and maybe yeah. find a word or maybe it is just a and sometimes word. i'm just like you know cleaning out my apartment and i'm just like singing these can lyrics that I don't even know what he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> just like yeah, mumbling. Sure. Well, that's also, I mean, if you listen to anything that's a foreign language, you don't understand too. I mean, there's music that I listen to, no clue what the guy's saying. And like, you know, I have these weird like crust punk records that are German and stuff. And like, I, I don't know what the lyrics are. I get an idea from like, you know, the, the song titles and stuff. You can kind of figure it out sometimes, but like, yeah. But I mean, I can sing along with that and I'm probably saying the words wrong, but it's like, yeah, I, this is awesome. But it's the sound of it that's... It's, it's weird because... It's weird too because, like, I think... For me, when I was, like, really heavy into rap music, for me, like, lyrics were the most important mm-hmm. thing. And so a lot of iconic rap groups who became... Who became iconic, like, I wasn't into because I didn't find their lyrics that great. But now that I'm older, it's like I care less about yeah. lyrics. Because, like, I, I, like, you listen to, like, a Sage Francis record from... 2001, it's like, I don't want to sit around here and t- you talk about all your fucking like, problems. Like, Jesus, yeah. are you kidding me? But, like, back then it was really important to me. And, like, I wouldn't listen to... But to this day, I wouldn't listen to, like, a, Fran- like, a French rap group. Yeah. Because, like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. I don't know. I think a good example, maybe, of something that's similar is, like, um, Black Flag in that... Like, I love Black Flag. I really like them. My War is like my favorite, one of my favorite records. The lyrics are horrible. They're really bad. Like, it's just super, super angsty, like, over the top, like, you know, I bash my fist. In, right yeah, now, it's like I bash my fist into the wall and all this stuff. And it's just really, really overwrought and like, but it just sounds awesome. Like, it doesn't, it's not as important. I mean, if I was reading the lyric sheet, I'd be like, this is super lame. 
but it's they work so well with what they're doing and like it doesn't bug me it's not I don't even care anymore it's like the lyrics are bad but it, the song is great and the lyrics work well with the great song like even though they, they suck on their own but it's 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 weird contrast because sometimes lyrics make or break a song and sometimes mm-hmm. they mean nothing yeah. right like mm-hmm. Like, having good lyrics is better than not, obviously, but sometimes yeah. you don't need... Well, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think those songs need... I don't words. think the songs on the album need to have some kind of deep meaning of the lyrics. Like the fact that he's just yelling about, yeah, like, it angst, it totally suits what it is, but if it. someone else was doing it, it would maybe wouldn't be, you know... I don't know. How do you, how do you write lyrics? Um... Like, when you're doing a song, do you... Uh, are the lyrics first, or... Uh, no, it's always, for me, it's always the instrumentation first, and then I really lyrics to the instrumentation, but for me, it's always, uh, they, like, I write, I write so many songs that, like, probably, I'd say a third of my songs get recorded and released, yeah. like, like, I write, I write sometimes when I'm, like, f- like, anxiety-ridden, and I can't, like, I'm having like crazy thoughts. I just sit down and write a song, and it's like I know that song will never be made into a song, but it's just like that's what I do. Yeah. To... So, um, like the songs that get by, the song like always have like levels to them. They're always like I like I like a song that has a narrative, and I also like a song that has I don't know. How do you write lyrics? Because like, you're you're a lot different than I am. Yeah, that's why I was Lyri- asking lyrically. Because well, I mean, like the mouth, well, any anything I've been in, like with Dynamo or the Mouthboard or whatever, um, I just write it in like 15 seconds. Yeah, like and not, like, <laughs> like I, I just write whatever gibberish comes right out of my head on the page and I don't edit it. Yeah, yeah. And because I've tried, I've tried to sit down and write something, and it's just every single time it's like this is really bad because. I think I'm overthinking it. I'm like, okay, this has to sound good in this line or whatever. Whereas if I just write down, like, you know, half the time, usually it doesn't rhyme. Usually it's just, like, a paragraph at most, maybe three or four sentences of the whole song. And, like, you know, Gamma Rest on Tokyo Destroy All Planets, you know. Which is one of my favorite monthly But I don't know, but it doesn't... I like, I, I like listening. I mean, I could listen to, like, you know, like you talking about Leonard Cohen before. I can listen. I love Leonard Cohen. I can sit down listening to someone with, like, poetry as lyrics. But I can't do that. Yeah. I, I, if I try to do it, it's just like I feel like I'm an idiot and this is really bad. So yeah, I, you can't, yeah, you can't just force something. To, no, to do no. But I think that it works well to just sit there and like, hey, here's a song. This is the song. This is what it is. And I don't know if other people like it. I mean, like, it might be annoying to some people. Like, I like it, but it might be annoying to some people to hear me just screaming, like, you know, ectoplasm, I've been slimed or whatever. Like, you know, it doesn't really mean anything. But. Yeah, it does. It does, yeah, it kind of, but... I don't know, well, you wrote some songs for, like, uh, the Shoshaku Jushaku stuff, right? And you've probably written other songs, like, how do you... Yeah, it. I just have to get inspired by something, so it's usually instrumentation or just an idea. Yeah. Something just popping into your head. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, like, a lot of times I hear an instrumentation and I feel like sometimes I'll come up with the melody before I come up with lyrics, which yeah. is... It can be really, like, difficult on laborious process to, like, go from that melody to putting words down that yeah. that are you're comfortable that. enough with you know cuz sometimes like I'll write lyrics that are that I think are you know really good lyrics and they just don't fit 
musically. And you don't just, force them. Yeah, it doesn't work. And then sometimes I write songs that fit like the melody, but the lyrics don't really work. But then the more I play the song, the more I'm like, okay, well, this works. Yeah, it's cool. It's weird. It's well, it's a weird. I think it's with anything, not just lyrics. Though the way people come up with something creative is it's gonna be different. Like yeah, like, some, like sometimes the way you wear you wear your earrings is like you're not really sure. It's the way you're wearing your earrings is really, <laughs> a hoop is really cool, but you're like you, you have a feeling. You like yeah. can't rational you can't rationalize it. You just yeah. know. But you're just like, you know, I think this looks really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I know exactly so. what you're talking about. I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess it comes down to like some people need to be inspired to do stuff and other people just barf it out of their head. You know, <laughs> I guess I barf it out of my head. Like which, like I mean, I could write a multiple album. Like we, we were here now, right? If Golden was here and we were actually could doing, I think we could do a multiple album in like next month. Yeah, we we could. We mean that last album, we put it together in what like five or six time days mm-hmm. of hanging out. Like we wrote and recorded the whole thing. I think I think one of the things, and it was because we had that was the only time we had. So it wasn't like we can't even think about it. It's just like let's just do this. I think what works. I like that. What works with your lyrics is the passion too. Like. Um, when you're screaming something nonsensical, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, as if you really fucking mean it, yeah. you know, like, you're like, it helps, okay, right? if I, I was singing it, it yeah. I was singing it all prettily, yeah, it would yeah, be and that's the thing, like, sometimes people write really fucking contrived lyrics, and they're, they just sing them so, like, yeah. uh, this shit means, so it's like when you're listening to, uh, who's that woman who was, like, kind of hyped a year ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. But it's like <laughs> the yeah. But the, what kind of music? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Anybody? Yeah. But when, you, when you're <laughs> when you're screaming like, "Camera, stop Tokyo!" Yeah. It's like you be, you believe it. It's you happening. Know, like, you see it happening. Camera is currently stopping. You just see okay. this foot coming down. It's yeah. like giant turtle. Yeah. And then like some of my favorite lyrics, honestly, some of my favorite lyrics ever were. Um, some bandits were sitting around a fire, and the I, leader I, said, I "Jack I didn't, I didn't come up with that myself, though." Well, lie to me, because I want to believe the myth. A computer told me that. <laughs> 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 no, seriously, I don't know if you remember. You don't touch the universe. Yeah. In like the eighties, they had this thing and touch the universe. No, the eighties, they have it now. They still the same shit there. Probably. Okay, they well, probably. They, they, they putting money into the Okay, alright, well, at some point when I was a kid, they had this thing in Touch the Universe, and it was like. They still call Aboriginals Indians at the fucking museum. Touch the Universe. <laughs> but no, like, they had this thing where, um. It, it's the, the sentence is it was a dark and stormy night, band of robbers sitting around the campfire. The leader said, Jack, tell me a story, so Jack began. That's the text of this thing on this computer screen. The computer's like one of those old time, like, you know, Apple, whatever, and you press different buttons. And it reads it back, and you can change the pitch, you can change the speed, you can change. So I used to always sit there for like ages on the thing, and it's like you make it go super fast. So it's like it was like a summer night, but I was like, and the leader said, "Jack, and I would just sit there for like that was my favorite part of the museum, and I for some reason retained that sentence. We have ways yeah. of making you talk. Yeah, that wasn't from that. That was unrelated. That was. But that's like kind of what's brilliant about it. My favorite part about that is that John is doing We, We Have, We Have Ways yeah, to yeah, Make yeah. You Talk at the same time. That's great. That was the favorite part of the song, yeah. Because it's like, 
Yeah. yeah, no, those are really great lyrics, even if you did steal them. But um, Adam's fiance is like, has her master's in English, yeah. and she's like a poet. Yeah. And uh, she was over at our place one night, and she was showing us this pro- this like project she working worked on in school where you would like you would create a frame mm-hmm. out of paper or whatever and then you would take that frame and you'd place it like on a newspaper mm-hmm. and so whatever the words were in that oh, frame cool. you'd make a poem out of that that's kind of a good idea okay. as it was like linear or would you chop it up no it was like as it was that's okay. the poem so like in the spacing like, and stuff exactly where the, yeah. the frame goes yeah that's cool it was cool and it's like I, every like when I'm bored at a restaurant or something, I'll take one of those coffee news yeah, like thing that, yeah. and like spray with my fingers. And That's a really cool idea. Yeah, it is really cool. It's like mouth poach. Should probably use that for the next. That would make it easier for me. We'll have to delete this and. Okay, so John, play another one of your shit. I thought. Oh, oh yeah, okay, yeah, we were gonna play this because um, we were talking about craft uh, work. <laughs> We were talking about Kraftwerk earlier with the can record, right? And then we were talking with Steve Albini, but it wasn't on the record, we recording, but we were talking about him earlier. Yeah. And uh, so I have this... Stagmummers. Stagmummer, yeah, because he recorded that Rem album. Yeah. And um, so I remembered I had this 7-inch. It's uh, Big Black, which is one of my favorite bands. And it's two covers. One side is uh, He's a Whore by Cheap Trick. And the other side is The Model by Kraftwerk. And it's in Big Black style, so, you know, drum machine and loud guitars and...
So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's big black. Big black covering craft work. Yeah. Well, it's funny because uh, that craft work is so ripe for post-punk groups to cover. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. So that was, I mean, that, that was kind of just an afterthought sort of record after we were talking about their stuff. But. Mm-hmm. I, I well, I've been listening to a lot of, um, like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the, like, technology-based music with synths and stuff. Electronic? Yeah, but, like... But not, like, techno. Yeah. It's kind of name. Really? Yeah. I'm sure it does. But there's, like, a lot of groups in the 80s that sound, like, you know, who do their music with synthesizers and programming and who were really influenced by craft work. There, there was like a lot of it. There was like a lot of it that we've never heard of. Yeah, like but a lot of it that's like really cheesy. Like they're no. they're mostly really cheesy. Like yeah. even if the like instrumentation is really great, it's like you don't want to actually sit and listen to it. Yeah, he's got know. these dumb lyrics sort of like dystopias. It's yeah. like okay, we've read lots of George Orwell. But yeah. Isaac Asimov. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Like, oh, great. I'm gonna listen to you now. It's like. I I dropped out of my English lit class. Listen to my lyrics now. It's like Jesus, really? Fuck. Seriously. So is that what we're gonna listen to right now? <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna listen to this group from uh, Montreal. Yeah. Called Rational Youth. Okay. Montreal like now or Montreal eighties? No, no. This this record's from eighty two. Cool. And so uh, it seems to be kind of a theme going on here. Like aside from the uh, Mars Volta and Propaganda, it's all been. Yeah, all my stuff is around that. Yeah. That time, yeah. I wonder if that, is that something that you were just all listening to coincidentally, or? I've been listening to a lot of, um, like, 80s synth stuff, because... Well, you guys are playing a lot of, like, that would be more influenced by that stuff than by... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, I'm just, and, and like, that's the thing, I'm trying to learn about it, right? Because I'm doing a lot of... Like, I'm doing a lot of this stuff that it'd be silly to think... We're the first ones doing it. So oh, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to learn about other people. Educate them. You guys have a name for your group yet? No, no, no. Definitely not. It seems like it'd be important at some point. I don't care about anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> we could all die right now. We just call it that. I don't oh, care about anything. <laughs> so wait, what's the song called? Do you play them? What's the, uh... So this, okay, these guys are from Montreal, and, and most of their songs are in English, but this song's called Le Meilleur des Montes. Okay. And uh, this is an instrumental track. So um, it's still in English, potentially? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, you English it. instrumentation. Yeah. So this is from an album called Cold War Nightlife. Okay. And uh, I have, like, the single off this record is called City of Night. And I, the only reason I know it's a single is because I have the 12-inch of the single. Okay. But How uh, did you find this? Like, how did you discover this? Um, my friend Dane, who works in the music, hooked me up with this. And, um, it's like, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not going to play that song, actually. I'm going I'm to play Dancing on the Berlin Wall, actually. I okay. forgot. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. That seems like it would connect to a lot of your stuff where you just, you know, Berlin. Well, right, because, like, like, they're they're obviously really influenced by craft work and a lot of that movement. And so, yeah, Dancing on the Berlin Wall. Berlin. The Berlin Wall was... Yep. In, uh, I think it was in St. Petersburg, Russia. <laughs> and Dotsievsky uh, danced on it. And that's what this song is about. I'm cool. Sure. Alright, let's check it out. 
something from it but I wasn't sure what I wanted to play and uh, so I was listening to it and I was like oh you know maybe I'm just gonna play the one instrumental version like the one instrumental song that's what you were talking about you before right right because like this record 
has really lame lyrics, like really really progressive sounds, but really lame, like really cheesy, dumb lyrics. And so I was actually going to play this instrumental song called La Meilleure des Monde, which is the only French name on the yeah. album, which is funny because it's the only instrumental al- song yeah. on the album. But then, like, yeah, Dancing on the Berlin Wall is the last song on the record, and it's just so great. Like, it's so, like, the, the groove in it is so hot. Cool. It was good. I liked it. Yeah. It did remind me of stuff that you guys are doing. Well, I don't know if that's, like... Look at the, look at these fucking guys. Like, <laughs> like look at these <laughs> They look really, these like, art uh, school, like, yeah, 1982 yeah. art school You know, this, school guys. this looks like it was taken off a video, like, really bad video footage, and, like... <laughs> Uh, yeah. I mean, this is the shadow in the background and stuff. It's probably like the shots from their video. It's probably intentional to look supposed to look like that though. I bet it's on purpose. Maybe. It looks too what are those pictures on the front? Isn't like jellyfish and the rocket? <laughs> I've never heard of this group. These are glaciers. Wow. It's <laughs> cool. Yeah, like this this record is really great sonically. Like it sounds really great. The lyrics are sometimes hard to deal with sometimes because yeah. they're really dumb. But, um... Well, it's like what we were talking about, though. But that's the thing, is bad lyrics can overshadow a yeah, song sometimes. Or... Yeah. Get, get in the way, at any rate. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's good shit. It's Canadian, Montreal, Rational Youth. Cool. How long are they around for, you know? Uh, no, I have... I have two records of them, and, and I have this record... And then the 12-inch single from this record, which is... The 12-inch single has the single City of Night, and then it's, like... It's the English extended mix version, which is, like, eight minutes long, and yeah. then it has the French version, which is, uh... Cité Phosphère. <laughs> Cité Phosphère. And then, uh... Another instrumental song, which is really good. Cool. Yeah, so, like, yeah, we were talking about, I was trying to think of that genre earlier in, in this, like, the 80s minimalism. Like, there's so much fucking 80s minimalism. Nowadays. But, like, back then, there was so much of it happening. It was all the rage that was in every corner for a while. And it, it just, like, really, it's kind of like, like what we were talking about with prog music before, about how great instrumentation, but just, like, super cheesy, dystopian lyrics. It's like... Yeah kind of like trying to incorporate unicorns into like emotional problems <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. how am I supposed to deal with this how am I supposed to take this seriously but that minimalist I mean I don't maybe it's not happening anymore probably not but there was a while there where like fairly recently where a lot of what? <laughs> <was> freaking out <laughs> where like a lot of rap on the radio you hear would have like barely anything happening in the beat whereas like you listen to, like, Public Enemy and stuff, and there's, like, you know, it's full of sounds happening at all, all the time, and then you listen to something, like, I don't know how many years ago this was, but on the runtime on the radio, I mean, not what everyone was doing, but it's just, like, the beats would just be, like, nothing. Well, they're predominant now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, or am I crazy? No. What are you talking about? You're talking about... Because Public Enemy, even when Public Enemy was happening, was an anomaly. Like, there, it was, yeah. it's not, like... I know, but it's just like, I mean, I just thought of this as an example because that's something that has excess amount of noise going on in the, right? Because there's like, it's just constant like noise coming at you at all times with that, which is great. Yeah. But even something like Wu-Tang and stuff too, it's, it's way more like happening. And I don't know if it's currently what's on the radio, I don't listen to the radio in a while, but like, 
You, you, I don't even I can't think of an example. I wish I could think of a good yeah, example. Yeah, no, but I know what you mean, like, because... It, It'd be like we, two we, notes and, like, a whistling noise or something, and that's the beat. I mean, now? Not... Maybe this was a few years ago, but I, I do remember hearing some stuff that I didn't like on the or, radio. Or, like, like, some Lil John stuff? Uh, yeah, I guess... Like crunk? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it was that. No, I, don't know. I know what you mean, though. It's like... And it's just, like, there's nothing happening, and they, I, that's not... I mean, I, they're probably not influenced by this stuff we were just listening to at all, but, like... Well, it's similarly minimal, though, right? Because it's, like... I mean, it's electronic. It's very minimal. There's not much happening. But there was a lot happening there. There was. So is, uh, is that... What makes that minimalist? <laughs> That's a good point. I don't know. I don't I mean, know. What, about guys, like, what about the... What about the... Was it Neptune's and, like, Snoop Dogg? Like, drop it like it's hot song. Yeah, that was just like... Where it's just like a... It's amazing, but it's kind of minimal. There's no, like... There's no like yeah. main beat. It's like all the uh, look the flourishes or something that make. That's what I'm. That's what. Or, I'm or if you listen to like yeah. uh, early like uh, early Def Jam stuff, like the Run DMC, where they would just yeah. have like these guitar hits. Yeah, or, yeah, it was awesome. Or like LL Cool J, like really yeah. minimal. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't know if you'd call Rational Youth minimal. That's a good example with this, this new dog. Uh, uh, kind of yeah. Uh, yeah. That was that wasn't what I was thinking of, but yeah, that's that kind of, and that was what how many years ago that? Because there's no ago? there's no like kick and there's no yeah, snare. Yeah, yeah, it's just, just it's just like beeping. The other fill-ins. Yeah. yeah, but usually the stuff I heard it was like that sounded bad. Hmm. But that's a good example. Something sounded really great. But I, I wish I could name a song because I'm like, oh yeah, these songs that I heard were bad, but like I don't, I can't think of one off the top of my head. So I don't like worth it. remembering it. Yeah, it's like hard to say because like you're, we're talking about like the late '80s. Like, this well, yeah, Rational Youth yeah. Records 82, but, like, when we're talking about, like, minimalist rap, because, like, that that Snoop Dogg and Neptune song was a throwback to, like, Def Jam, late 80s. Yeah, that makes sense, for sure, when you say that, yeah. And so, you have songs where, like, dudes are just rapping over drum machines, and it's like, I don't know. But this isn't even, like, a guy rapping over a drum machine, because that at least had a beat, right? This is stuff where it's just like bleeps and bloops every once in a while. It's a beat. It's a like steady beat. Oh yeah, it's, it's still through. a beat. Yeah, it's still a beat. But I mean, it's not. Maybe really that's why it's minimalist because it's, it's it really is the same drum and bass the whole song through, and then it just has these extra high high synths coming through. Right, rather than switching over to a chorus. Yeah, like it's not. It's there's no chord progression. There's no chord that's, changes. I think that's probably it. what. And then, like you listen to like a lot of like minimalist. Songs and yeah, they're all that. It's like the same. That's I think a good way of, yeah. We just decided what minimalist means. Good, we did it. All right. Okay. So what do you hold hands? Kumbaya. Well, we can musically hold hands. I'm gonna play. uh, What are you gonna What are you gonna play? Some weird shit. I'm gonna play uh, a song off of uh, the Art of Noises, Invisible Silence. It's their second album, I believe. I don't know. And I it's, just have the one album version. It's 86. It's notable because I've just recently gotten into sampling with you. And this is a heavily... This group is one of the first, I think, that was doing mostly sampled material. So, what year is that? 86. That was... Nevertheless. So it's mainly... There's like two guys, and they they do synth and vocal. People come on doing synthesizer and vocal work. But then it's a collaboration with like music critics and sounds sounds really fussy. A bunch of people. 
Well, it's highly entertaining listening. It's like listening to like a DJ set or something where it's a bunch of like things that sound good mashed up together and making you know, there's like extended tracks and stuff like that. And I'm just gonna play the the last What's the song called? Uh backbeat. And it's okay. oh no, beat back. It's not beatbox? Because this time song this one I have is no. a song called beatbox, which is really the only thing I Beatback like. and it's just the last song in the album. Um Beatback? Yeah, because I like the way the beat comes back at the end of it. Hold on, does the beat come back? We'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll find out together, but I think it does. We'll find out together. I have a, one of my favorite songs by you 2 is Beat Forward. <laughs> fact. Good name. <laughs> well, here, this is, I like this. On the, this is not the same record, right? This is like yeah. a different Art Noise record. It's three years earlier, but it's called the, uh, Into Battle with the Art of Noise. And there's a little uh, description here. Um, it says, Hum Along with the Art of Noise. And it's A, the group are perfectly capable of intelligent conversation. B, they have an almost hygienic need for complications. C. In any given year, the group will respect everyone, die in the field of honor, vote for so-and-so, respect nature and painting, consider themselves likable. D. They will never accept that a whole sentence can ever come from half a man. E. It took the most advanced electronic equipment imaginable for the group to execute this, their first collection of noise, and a strange way of breathing. Yeah. I don't know what that... So it's catchy stuff. Have you ever have you heard uh, Avalanches? Yes, I have actually. Yeah. That's like kind of a contemporary. Yeah, it's like a, oh yeah, that makes noise. Sense. I, I was listening to them the other day. Goldwyn was trying to urge me to listen to them for a while, and I never, I never yeah. really did. But it's kind of a, a kind of catchy, yeah, you know, thing to put on. And these guys are in that book I was talking about too. That one that you're gonna borrow. Do this? I've already borrowed it. It's one of my possessions right now. It's in the bag. All right, here we go.
What's uh, so? What's the deal with that? This song. The song? I don't know where the, the I don't know where the sounds are coming from, but uh, yeah, it's a fun it's a fun listen. Yeah, the album in general. Yeah, I don't. I was listening Is to it a movie soundtrack. These yesterday. Yeah, it did sound like it could be. It could be. Uh, Chariots of Fire, maybe. Yeah, 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 I have Chariots of Fire. Vangelis. I, I have a bunch of Vangelis albums. Really Me good. too. Is that who did that? Vangelis. Yeah. Really. I w- when I was looking for stuff to bring over last night, I was listening to some Vangelis. <laughs> like, yeah, it's really weird. It's weird, yeah. yeah. A lot of them are movie soundtracks. A lot of the stuff's movie soundtracks. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like it though. It's like a kind of a mashup of good sounds in album form. Yeah, this one's alright. It yeah. was uh, it was different for sure. It was uh, it actually. I mean, I had this one record there too, and it sounds a lot like that. But I haven't mm-hmm. heard much else other than that. Like. Yeah, I think it's like because it's people who kind of know a lot about a lot of different kinds of music and just. Throwing things together, yes. so yeah. very eighties. This whole thing is uh, just taking, well, a, taking you know, a turn for. I'm gonna go to like a couple years ago in a minute, but just because I can't. 2010. 2000. Yeah, I think it's 2010. Remember how young we were in 2010? Oh man, we were childs. Childs. If we had, <laughs> if we, if we, if childs. we had only known then what we know yeah. yesterday. Yeah. 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 God damn. 
So what are you going to play? Um, I'm going to play song by Terry Lynn, who is... Uh, a, we haven't really played any reggae yet. And, like, uh, you know... <laughs> like, I think that... I think it was, like, a matter of... I was fact, holding I'm back. Eventually, Rudy belongs to the reggae. Well, well, no, I mean... <laughs> And the Reggie music is... The Reggie music, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not actually far off of a, of a stretch, though, because we were playing Public Image right before, and they're super reggae-influenced. Yeah. And, like, a lot of this stuff... It, the, Terry Lynn is my... I mean, I listen to a lot of dancehall, right? And a lot of dancehall that is around now nowadays is really, really kind of stuck in this... this autotune thing. Like, they still think it's cool in Jamaica, I guess. Which is not... Even though T-Pain is totally not popular here yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's like they haven't stopped. And it's not just, like, people who need it. It's, like, people who can really sing. Like, you guys from the 70s and stuff mm-hmm. who can actually, like, put out great records. Like, Michael Rose is using auto from Black Guru, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just like, why, well, you don't need to, you need to do that. So it's, it's really lame, and a lot of the stuff lately I've been hearing I don't really like. Like, Vibes Cartel, I can't. I've tried to get into them, I can't. Uh, a lot of stuff is like that, I just can't do it. Um... Terry Lynn is like female, which is different for dancehall in the first place. Because I mean, there's mm-hmm. like there's a few, you know, like Sister Carol and Lady Saw and stuff. But uh, she's also doing stuff that's totally yeah, for sure. It's about as good as it gets. But like she, this, Terry Lynn is doing stuff that's totally it, it's, it's recognizably dancehall, but it's like crazy synths and stuff all over the place, and it's not just kind of stuck in the same like. Here's a rhythm that everyone has used, and their brother has used, and I'm just gonna record my own vocals on it. It's like this is something outside of that. So cool. it kind of relates to some of the stuff we listen to because of the synthesizers and everything. And I've been listening to a lot of her stuff lately, even though some of it I'm not as enthusiastic about as I am with this song. But I just like how it's it's very different, and it gives me kind of hope that there is an underground kind of thing happening in Jamaica that I don't know about because I'm in Canada. And that people are doing interesting things with dancehall as opposed to just the stuff you get flooded with, which is all sounds the same mm-hmm. nowadays. Like, and incidentally, I was thinking about this the other day too about dancehall is that Buju Bantan's in jail for drugs, Busy Signal's in jail for drugs, Vibe Cartel's in jail for murder, Ninja Man just got out of jail for murder, and uh, somebody else who is it? Somebody else is in for murder too. All these current, like, it's weird. How do you get out of jail for murder? They should put a recording studio in... Uh, they, they should, yeah, for sure, in Miami. Solitary confinement. They're all in Miami all the time. They go <laughs> it's to the true, because when, when, that. when you get caught with tons of drugs or get caught with murdering someone, you yeah. should totally be allowed to make records. For sure, yeah. make money yeah. and profit off of yeah. your crimes. Yeah. <laughs> Creative outlet. Basically, when someone gets caught with murder, they shouldn't even be going to jail. They should just go to the studio. Go to the yeah, studio. Go to the studio, yeah. Yeah, yeah make AKA jail. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep making records. Anyway, this song's called Gunna Win. I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say, the album cover should be that person's dead face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look what I did, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. The years you're real creative and put murder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the O.J. Simpson book. If I did it, you know. Yeah. yeah. Why? Where's O.J. Simpson's fucking album? He probably coming up next when he's in jail too, isn't he? For stealing his jersey back. And his trophy back. Yeah. For stealing his own With a bunch of arms. Like, how are you not going to recognize O.J. Simpson? <laughs> it's just like, it's so, like a really bad time. I'm going to walk in here with guns and steal my own trophy. Like, it seems like... It seems like I don't think he cares anymore. I think he well, just, it seems like a long time of doing drugs. Yeah, probably. If that's not the type of thing you come up with from doing drugs, it's the type of thing that you come up with from doing drugs for a long time. Yeah. Every day. Yeah, I guess. But how, how does he convince his friend? I guess his friends are just like his friends because he's OJ Simpson, so they'll do whatever. 
Because he had a bunch of guys with him with guns, too, to go in there and rob the, like, Hard Rock Cafe or whatever the hell it was. Like, wasn't that? <laughs> it wasn't Hard Rock Cafe. You fucking take my... Take my picture off the wall, you fucker. <laughs> what? It was, a, it was in a hotel. It, it wasn't Hard Rock Cafe. It was something like that. It was mm. something as lame as that. Like, it was just something like, you know, they got some to shit on his plate. <laughs> and OJ rolls up with a bunch of guys with guns and, like, I need my jersey back. Anyway. OJ <laughs> Simpson's a murderer. <laughs> uh, this this is a song that's called Jamaican Girls by Terry Lynn I listened to it a lot this summer um, and yeah I'm going to play it and see what you guys think
Jamaican Girls, Terry Lynn. That was, that was a really good song. Yeah, I like it. So does Terry Lynn? Terry Lynn. Who produced it? Uh, some guy named Johan something. This is an EP she did. Johan something? Where's Johan from? Sweden? Uh, probably. Something like that. This is an EP she did with that guy. The guy produced the whole thing and she sings in teachers one and stuff. So she's from Jamaica? She's Jamaican. Where from Jamaica? Like, is she from? Waterhouse. I don't know anything. That's where, Jamaica. um, like, Black Hero is from and stuff. Okay. I just know because she says in one of the songs about being from Waterhouse. And she, it's like, what's her real name, do you know? Could be Terry Lynn, I have no idea. Terry Lynn and Johan? I'll look it up, <laughs> Johan Hugo, I think it's Johan Hugo. Let me just see. I don't know, man. It's funny because the beat is so, it's like, we're talking about minimalist earlier, like that beat Johan is really Hugo. minimalist. Johan Hugo. You, is that a real name? <laughs> I don't know. They just come from, get some guy from Jamaica, he's like, you know what's a dope name? You, Johan Hugo. Johan. I think, though, I think she's big in Europe, though, because there's a documentary coming out that I want to see called, um, what's it called? I don't remember what it's called, but it's, um, about reggae being huge in Europe. Like, it's huge. And some of these guys, like, and all these white guys who, like, they speak English with a Jamaican accent naturally because that's how they learned to speak English. And, like, so they, they when they sing with that accent, it's legit. It's not like... It's not like JFK. It's not like, <laughs> it's not like JFK, no, or friendliness. Or, I mean, you know, I, I don't I have a problem with that. Let's know a lot of Canadian guys who do that. But but anyway, so she's in this documentary, though. And I've seen the trailer for it. And she's there, and, and she's obviously involved in whatever show's going on that they're interviewing these guys at. So, so I'm assuming Johan Hugo is... Sometimes I think like uh, like when it comes to like music that's based on like beat. Yeah. It's like people like it's sometimes it gets too complicated, but when you just have like because it's just a like, drum and like a synth line in that. Yeah. And it just and her just like yeah. rocking over it. Yeah. It sounds really good. Yeah, it's cool. I don't know. She's she's got some other stuff that is like on her album. This is just from some EP. It's actually free on the internet. This EP that that's from. But um, she has another album. Where can you download it? I guess from her Bandcamp, which is Bandcamp slash Terry Lynn dot dot S W I think if you just search for Terry Lynn on on Bandcamp, it's probably that's where I got it from anyway. But um, her album Kingston Logic, um, it has oh Kingston Logic yeah, Kingston Logic yes that's her yeah it's it's funny because um that's yeah because yeah. they they put out a remix contest for that song. For Kingston Logic and, and Cut Down did a remix really? to Kingston Logic. That's cool, and it's a, gr- a great remix. That's, that that's her. That's like, her. Really, yeah, well, Kingston Logic. Kingston yeah, Logic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, but so all the stuff on that album, I don't know if you heard the original. So one. What, it's like it? dance stuff. Because Kingston Logic was like a few years ago, so this is brand new. This is from a couple of years back too, but that was from like, the Kingston Logic was like two thousand. Is she still popping? Is she still doing her? This thing? documentary is coming out that she's in is coming out hasn't isn't out yet, and it's from this year, so she's in it. Because when I heard Kingston Logic, I was like, this woman's gonna be famous, and then I like, know, but because that song's super poppy, right? It's like, uh, but I haven't heard anything from her since. I had to look her up. I had to find it because they had this song called Systems that I heard first heard by her. It's better, even better than this one, but I wanted to play this one because it seemed thematically related. But the song, other song, it's, it's unbelievable. Like it's one of my favorite songs of the past like ten years, you know. This other song, Systems, and I couldn't find her album anywhere. I was looking in stores, I was asking stores if they could order it in. They're like, "Who's Terry Lynn? Like, what's Kingston Logic?" And so I finally just stumbled upon it on the internet because I, I watch the video all the time. The video is really messed up. <laughs> um, it's like people torturing animals, which is horrible. But it's like a metaphor. 
<laughs> it's even, a metaphor. But it even, it, it even says at the beginning. I, I actually watched the video. I don't watch it. I listen to it. Like I don't. It's a really gross video, but like tells you at the beginning. Like it's like once when I had this like friend that I grew up with who was like really crazy, and he like I wasn't really sure where his mind was at. I haven't seen him since grade five, but he used to torture. Like animals, yeah. like he came over and tortured my cat. And yeah. I was like, it's a metaphor. No, but like, <laughs> I mean, the video is really messed up. But like, it tells you at the beginning. It's explaining why they why they're showing the slaughterhouse footage, right? And it's like it's that's not important. It's is a song called Avatar. Song's called Systems, and it's about and she has a line where she comes the place she comes from is a slaughterhouse, and like, it's like I you know it. yeah. So it, the video is gross, but the song is unbelievable. And all I'd ever been able to find by her was that song, and then like Kingston Logic. You see it on YouTube, just like, you know, remix it up and stuff. But I stumbled upon it a while back and then found this EP as well, which is really good. But I have no idea what she's... What she's in right now. Yeah, or where you even buy it. I mean, because I couldn't find her Kingston Logic album in stores. Hmm. And it's Kingston Logic 1.0, the album's called, so... Is there a 2.0? 1.2? 1.1? <laughs> I don't know, yeah. 1. something. Anyway, that's... that's okay, well, I, I hit... Should you go? I've got something almost re- not reggae, but shut up. <laughs> Jesus, it's my relax. Turn. Uh, I you know like I brought so many records to play. Like yeah. I played what three records? Well, like in the interest of keeping this brief, right? Because people might just be like, I yeah, don't want to no, hear you guys talk, right? I understand so. it. Like I just want to be invited back next week. Yeah, well, I want to. <laughs> I want to. This is fun. I don't care if anyone listens to it or not. So I'll listen to it. I'm gonna skip the talking parts. And <laughs> so, so, so of all the records I brought, the uh, one that I brought that relates, I think, to that song the most yes. is a Dos Racist song. Um, like, I, I got the the Dos Racist. I downloaded Dos Racist album, which is like a mixtape. Um, it has a song "All Ten Everything," which I wanted okay. to play, but it's like. I only have it on MP3 and I wanted to bring vinyl, so I brought the Dash Racist album. But, like, that song, All Ten Everything, is funny because it, it, it samples, like, a Jay Z song where, like, Jay Z's like, oh, All Ten and Everything. And Jay Z's, like, talking about how his Bentley is All Ten leather okay. or whatever. But, like, that song's super funny because uh, he's just going off at the beginning about, like, he's like, fucking white people can't even go out in the sun. It's like they get a disease. <laughs> it's, it's, like, really funny. Yeah. And so, like, I got, I can't remember how I got into Dos Racist, but I think that was just, this just one jam that I heard that was amazing, and, and Dos Racist got popular off, like, their first, like, hit single was the KFC Taco Bell yeah, yeah, song, yeah. and I knew that song while I was getting into Dos Racist and didn't even know that was a Dos Racist song, and, like... A lot of times when I tell, like, rap fans, like, oh, yeah, like, I like Dollar Racist, they're like, that KFC Taco Bell song, I'm like, like, yeah, that song is dumb as fuck, like, yeah. that's a dumb song, but Dollar Racist, like, they're funny, but they're good rappers. So it's not, it's not just a novelty thing. Yeah, exactly. Because they definitely get, they get portrayed as that, for sure. Yeah, and, like, they played, they played Winnipeg, they played the Pyramid a couple months ago, yeah. and... Did you go? Yeah, yeah, of course I went, because, like, they're one of my favorite rap groups out right now, but... Their show was kind of disappointing. They were, like, super drunk, and they were just, like... I think I was expecting that. No, I had low expectations, so it almost, like, evened out. Yeah, and they, but like... You know, was, yeah. their, their show was, like, free for University of Winnipeg students. That's cool. So it's, like, they didn't need to impress anybody. Like, the yeah, place was full anyway. People just 
So they came on, they were drunk, and they were just like, apparently they have a reputation for kind of doing that. For... The, yeah, there were, I think there was like things that you wouldn't expect from like a group that tours a fair bit and has a lot of experience performing, like weird gaps where like there's nothing happening and it doesn't seem like anyone is quite sure what's supposed to happen. Well, like it wasn't very polished, that's for sure. Well, like Honey Cut told me how it seemed like it was, like, one of their shows where it was just a bunch of, like, inside jokes. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. it totally was, like... But... Nevertheless. That's not necessarily a bad thing, though. One of the guys, like, the one of the guys in the group was actually the best rapper in the group, and I don't... I don't know their names, and I should. I'm like a which guy? The bigger one. Bigger how? The brown guy. <laughs> yes, the brown guy, yeah, right. <laughs> Is that how he's listed on the album? They're all oh, the brown guy. Brown, yeah, yeah. But he's like he was actually worked on Wall Street. Yeah. And he's the ma- guy like he's the group's manager. That's cool. And he was like worked on Wall Street, and he was just like, "Well, we can make music at this, or we can make money at this." Seriously. Yeah, and so like he just he was like he started this whole other business model for underground rap groups where he w- went to clothing companies in New York and was just like, "You should sponsor us." And then we can like work together, like, and it's be- it's become like this model for people are doing it. Yeah, it's cool. What's the song called? So I'm gonna play this song called Michael Jackson. I've heard this song. I like it. Yeah, it's funny, but it's good. Like, like it's it's funny. It's ridiculous, but he raps. Yeah. Really well on it. Yeah, no, it's a good song for sure. So, uh, Dash Races, Michael Jackson. Cool. <laughs>
me stab him. Tell him we in Manhattan. Let's move the static to static. Move the static to static. Let's move the static to queen. Damn, you crazy, him. Damn, it's very true. That's how we do. Michael Jackson, a million dollars. You feel me? Holler. Michael Jackson, one million dollars. You feel me? Holler. Michael Jackson, a million dollars. Was that by Tom Tom Club? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, that sounds good. Sorry, right, yeah. Anyway, that was that was Michael Jackson. Oh, are we recording? Yeah, we're recording. Yes. We're always recording. So like, these guys are like, they they have like the capacity to be like super huge assholes because they're like Brooklyn hipsters, but yeah. and probably know way too much about rap already. But that's what kind of makes them. Charming. That's like why I like right. them so much because yeah. they do have references. Yeah, they have like really like uh, like nuanced references to yeah. other rap, which I appreciate because there's so much like hipster rap that doesn't have any knowledge of like their history. Mm-hmm. So it's like these guys they do know what they're doing. Yeah, and I think they get fronted on a lot because a lot of their most famous songs are really like jokey and kind of funny. And it's like even that song we played, like Michael Jackson, One Million Dollars. Yeah. Like when I play it for my girlfriend, she hates it. She's like, you can't listen to this. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But it's like, it's it's funny. It's yeah, it's like, funny, yeah. Yeah. And That's good. It's a good song. Yeah, and I think the reason I got into them is I saw them on, I saw them interviewed on Much Music of all really? places. Yeah. And it was just like, they were just, they seemed like really genuine, funny guys. Like, it's not where you get those groups that like do joke songs. Speaking of groups that do joke songs, The Darkness, remember The Darkness? Yeah, yeah. The Darkness just started following me on Twitter. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that guy, the guy beats him in The Darkness, he has uh, his own Russell name. Brand? No, <laughs> Justin something. <laughs> he has his own name tattooed on his arm with a lightning <laughs> bolt as the S. So it's like, Justin. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. They're actually pretty good at doing what they, like, you know they, what they do. Like, yeah. But yeah. it's like, why, like, it's like, if, we have that's that album why, here. That, that's why Weird Al Yankovic is so impressive because yeah. he has made a career out of being a joke. Yeah, and he's really good at it. Yeah, like I would, I would if Weird Al Yankovic was playing here tomorrow, he, I'd probably go see it. He was here last week. What? <laughs> he's at the MTS Center last week. Oh. Last week, really? Two weeks ago? No, later than two weeks ago. How much are tickets? Like sixty bucks. I think it was like thirty bucks more from work. I went to it and I was talking to her. Apparently, it was hilarious. I'd go to it. Yeah, but it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. But like the darkness, I'm not gonna go see the darkness. You play, wouldn't, you wouldn't play, go see them at like play the, the Garrick. Why not? <laughs> well, I'm gonna go see like a bunch of punchlines about rock songs. <laughs> like, no, I know you mean. No, you mean Weird Al is a little more like established as as good at parodying versus yeah, he's like, like it's 
good as you're gonna get for parents. Yeah, it's not just a clown festival, it's like a clever clown festival. With depth and... <laughs> <laughs> clown with depth. Yeah. Alright. Let's enter into a suicide pact. No. Okay. John, play your last record. <laughs> What's the record, John? This is, um... The Tom Tom Club. Okay. Which, uh, is an offshoot of... I've been into the, the Talking Heads lately. It's the, the drummer and the bassist. And I don't have their first album, which is amazing. The first Tom Tom Club album is really good. I don't have it on vinyl. Did you say it's an offshoot of the Talking Heads lately? No, the Talking Heads. It's the drummer and the bassist. He said lately. lately. I've, that I've been into. Oh, you've I've been, been into, into lately. Them, okay, lately, I was like, yeah. I was confused already. Right yeah. Who are the Talking Heads? I don't know. <laughs> there are some heads that do something. And uh, yes, yeah, so I don't have the first album on vinyl. Who's Wu Tang? Who's Wu Tang? Uh, the second one, not... <laughs> did, they, did, they, did this band ever listen to U2? Not nearly as good. I think they may have some overlap with some members. Of U2? Yeah. Like The Wage or whatever. <laughs> wage? What's it called? <laughs> the Wage. The Wage. The Edge? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so we're going to listen to... Uh, a song off side B, The Man with the Four-Way Hips. Right. And, so, yeah, this is all recorded, I think, in the Barbados, for the most part, with a lot of session musicians. And it's very... Sounds like it was recorded in the Barbados. Yeah. Is it yeah, yeah. Oh, you gotta play it first, right? If there's bongos in the song, I don't want to hear it. Tyrone Downey. Oh, this is at Compass Point. How many different varieties of bongos are on this song? Tyrone Downey was in The Wailers. Let's listen to it. Keyboard player. Alright. Man with the four-way hips. Alright, yeah, this is the last song of this little show here. Uh, we're gonna do it again soon, whether you listen to it or not. What week is it? Is it November yet? Yes, November. It's the, this is today's Remembrance Day. Fuck, all those guys have died in the army. <laughs> we probably... We don't make late of Remembrance Day, don't we? <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. No, it's uh, Remembrance Day, yeah. So, this, uh, this, we should have maybe themed it around that, but... Anyway. See you later. The song fucking sucks. It's pretty bad, John. What do you think? Yeah, I told you. The album sucks. Well, why'd you, why'd play you pick it? it this song sucks. Yeah, I like to what, what uh, they, antagonize. How, how did they get to the Barbados? Like, what label is playing to record this record in the Barbados? I think it's because they have the uh, goodwill of being fucking heads But the reason that the reason that Tom Tom Club started is because David Byrne was making so much money from the Talking Heads that he would just go and like hang out in different countries with different musicians. But the rest of the band was like, "Well, we're not making money. Like, we're not. We're not. Yeah, what are we supposed money. to do right now? Yeah. yeah. So they started their own band." So how did the hell did they get the money to go to the Barbados? Well, you, you heard the the first album, right? What's that? You heard the the first Tom Tom Club. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. really good. Like every song is really good. Yeah. yeah. Let's uh this is the end of the So show. that's how they got to do this one. Okay, well Sam. Thank you for having me, John. Thanks yeah. for having Thanks me. Thanks for coming out. Right. <laughs> Peace to the gods.